wasn't out there. Um, he's just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for him. Yep. Boys are back. It's just dishing it. The 82nd rendition of this show. Joined as always, John Toots Tutor. Our producer, Derek Hoskin, is recovered. He is off the COVID IR. list. The IR, whatever you want to say it. I don't even remember. What did they call the COVID list? Was it the COVID? I think it was just the COVID list. Was it the, just the COVID? I thought there was something mm-hmm. else. Well, I don't even think they got more COVID creative. protocol. COVID protocol. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. He's out of COVID protocol. Um, before we get into the fun stuff, um, a little more of a serious note here. I didn't bring this up in the show preview with the boys. Uh, want to be uh, clear about a few things. Uh, I've been thinking about it for a while. Um, I'm happy to announce uh, the NHL is back. <laughs> I had you there, Tudor, didn't I? <laughs> Oh Jesus! All right, hey, here we're off, boys. It's back. Hockey's back. Yes, we are. Um, maybe we can win some money on that at some point in the future. We'll see. But um, uh, yeah. I'm so excited for this season, um, Derek. I don't know if you're this way too. I'm sure you are. But um, this kind of reminds me a little bit of like after like the first year that we were like, oh, Josh is Josh Allen's probably gonna work out. Like that first, you know, that kind it's of hope. similar feel. It, it's there's it's an a actual lot of, a lot of hope. Yeah, there's actual real hope and positivity around the Buffalo Sabers, and it's very exciting. Um, I will be hanging out. I will be in section 115 uh, when this drops on Thursday, Thursday night at the home opener. Can't wait. Um, are those your uh, are those your your seats for the year, there, buddy? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So if any of them become available, you know, I'll be reaching out, fellas. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting time here. October's bananas, right? Like, there's so much going on, lots of fun stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Toots, I know last episode we touched on, uh, you know, a bit, of, a bit of hockey stuff with the Barzell signing, a little bit about the Penguins. But um, just as of now, now that it's officially here opening night, how are you feeling – Pens, obviously, but league as a whole, is there anything that's got your eye? And Derek, I'm going to ask you the same thing, but I wanted to get the boys' consensus on this. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm excited for the Penguins. Just, you know, they're they're back to being healthy, uh, which they, they kind of weren't at the end of last year. Um, so I'm excited to see those guys kind of get back together and hopefully gel and make a nice little run here in uh, – in the metropolitan division. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that definitely, but honestly, a lot of the headlines that maybe not even headlines that are catching my attention. What I'm really excited for is a lot of the young guys coming up in the league. And a lot of those teams that, you know, and the Sabres being one of them that are kind of on the cusp. And I think that opening night matchup, um, you know, I actually just found out I'll be at that game as well at a work function. Uh, they're bringing us down there. Uh, oh. So, uh, yeah, I'll be, I'll got be a box the, seat. So I'll be, I'll be in the building, uh, a little bit different view. Not wow. a big deal. What uh, a fucking asshole. <laughs> but, uh, it's completely big uh, leagues. Us. But, I'm, but I'm, uh, I'm excited for, uh, you know, that matchup in particular, right? Saber Sons, because there's so many good young players in that matchup that those are two teams that I think a lot of people are looking at and they're like, ah, they're still not there yet, but they are going to be fun to watch. And those are the type of teams that I'm really looking forward to watching this year. You know, Sabres, Senators, definitely. Um, Honestly, I'm excited to see what happens with Detroit. I think Detroit's been in the basement for a little bit, but Stevie Y has, uh, has got some some key additions. He made some moves here in the off season. Made weed you know. legal on the team. Yeah, right. Um, and then uh, <laughs> you know you've obviously got Dylan Larkin still, but they brought in you know some additional veteran help. And then you've got guys like you know Cider and Raymond that you know were both Calder uh, 
in the Calder conversation last year, the entire year pushing each other's teammates. So Raymond is one of the most underrated young players oh, in the league. I think. Totally. Like I know he's he was in the the Calder conversation, but I mean, even so, like not in, in a lot of it. Enough. In a lot of it too, honestly, is because Cider was right. probably on his team, and everyone yeah. loves watching that kid play. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think to me that's maybe the hockey nerd in me is a little bit excited for Thursday night because you're watching those type of players develop, right? You get to watch Owen Power start a season. You get to watch, uh, you know, what they just announced that, uh, is it Paterka and Quinn both made the roster? Um, So you get to watch young guys like that play for Buffalo. On the other side, I think Sanderson made the roster too for um, – for the South. Ottawa, yeah, I um, believe he did. You know, really, really nice young defenseman, and um, obviously you got Stutzla and uh, and company there, Batherson, some of those young guys. So it's going to be fun. I'm those are the those are the type of players that I want to watch this year, though. So you know, maybe maybe more so players than teams, but um, yeah, I'm excited for that stuff. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm right there too in a lot of ways, dudes. Um, Derek. How about you, buddy? We missed you last episode. Yeah, Glad you're feeling I mean, better. Yeah, I mean, I was down and out, that's for sure. Um, it was a, a long week last week. Uh, everything caught up to me. Um, yeah, when you're busy and not yeah. sleeping like you should and stuff, that's that's yeah. kind of where I was at when I got it, too. Yeah, everything caught up all at once, but we're, we're, we're back. We're doing all right. Um, no, I'm just really looking forward to um, – Buffalo Sabres, obviously, um, I think we've got a bright future. Um, like Tudor mentioned, I was really stoked to see Quinn and Paterka make the, uh, the full roster. Excited to see how they do. Um, I'm excited for a healthy Casey Middlestat, honestly. Um, we'll see what he's going to do. Um, I think we can finally – like, I just – I think this year is his, like, determining year. Like, either have, we, like, are going to keep him most... or, like – we're going to get rid of him. Have most Sabres fans, you think, they're given up on him at this I would, point? I would say so, but there is a glimmer of hope. Um, he had some pretty solid moments, like, the past two seasons, but he's been, like, riddled with, like, I mean. Terrible and, injury and, luck. And more so last year, and he yeah. has had really bad injury luck. So I think with a full, like, he's back to full health, I think we can really see him shine. Hope to see him do a Tage Thompson kind of move here. Um, still very young, but I'd say this is your determining year of like what kind of player he's going to be, and then you can finally either a keep him around or you know kind of cut ties and sell him off for some pieces. Kind of thing. is he a guy too though that because I look at him and I remember how excited people were right with him coming out I of college. Was not. I was actually very uh, upset. About, were you? Yeah, I was. I, he couldn't do a fucking pull up. I was like, this kid's like, se- like yeah, seventeen years old. He can't fucking do a pull up. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, I under like I, I understand not everyone's body's built that way, but you are at your lightest that you've probably that you ever will be too, and you can't do a pull up. Like, I was like, that's that's alarming. Is that really like you watched? So you're telling me that you watched all the tape on this kid? No, I didn't. You were like, you I know what? Like, he can't do a pull up. No, but I just thought that that was a very weird underlying thing, and <laughs> I, I could be on to something here. Derek, I see, the, I see the kind of funny part in what you're saying, and also I thought that was weird as well, but I think for us – Yeah, I think for us what Derek is saying is like when he saw that, it's not that it's like, oh, he can't do a pull-up, he's going to suck. It's like – there's more work involved to get him ready for the NHL. Well, and yeah, I knew that and, he was a fresh out of high school. Yeah. He was fresh out of high school, and he was going to college right away. And yeah. That's exactly what I was trying to get to here eventually. I just, I guess, didn't quite make it there. Um, is I'm, I'm looking at it. <laughs> well, I'm looking at it is like I'm setting up to that, right? So I look at a guy like Middlestead, right? People are so excited about him coming out of coming out of college, like into the NHL. He obviously, you know, playing with, you know, the world juniors team, highlight real goals, right? Just unbelievable his ability to to make moves through the zone, dangle, you know, sh- shoot, pass, whatever. But my thing is, yes, what hurt him is his strength and how 
that didn't translate to the NHL because he wasn't strong enough. His body wasn't ready. But do we think he's the type of player because he's not a bigger, stronger guy that can can he adjust to a different role, maybe a bottom six role if the skill doesn't take over and he can't be that top six forward? Like, is he a guy that's either top six or bust because he can't play hard minutes or is there a chance he could just reinvent his game? I don't think it's anything about the hard minutes part. I just don't think, I mean, you, you drafted him really, really, really high. Yeah. for him to be a bottom six forward um, if that's how he ends up turning out. I mean, if, if he can, if he shines there, he shines there. That's, that's fine. But I mean, I think they're going to obviously try and force him into that top six until it doesn't work anymore. But um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think there is a lot of hard work to go into him. I knew that there was, I, I want him truly to turn out to be like, I think he could, be like a Thomas Vanek, you know, like I, I don't think he needs to be the hard worker, but he does play center. Um, I know that's, and I think he does a little bit better on the wing. So like, I, I feel like, you know, for Minnesota, both guys, you know, playing in Minnesota for college, but like, I, I, I don't know. I, I want him to be that, but I, this year is going to be, I just, I think a very big determining factor on his part. Well, I think it's tough too, for a guy like him. Cause you got, Obviously, Dylan Cousins there, mm-hmm. and your Peyton Krebs is a, a better center. I, they, I know they've been playing him at wing, but I think mm-hmm. he's a better center. And Tage, obviously, Tage, yeah, it goes without saying that you're going to keep Tage at center. So it's like, where does he fit in? Because I'm not putting him above. Like, could you interchange him? Depend. It depends who his line mates are. Because you could you interchange who the center spot, if you're going to put him at center, he, I liked him on wing though for a little yeah, bit last year. So that's the other thing as well. It's like, where do you play him? Who's he playing with? And also um, I've always been a hopeful for Casey. You know what I mean? Like um, obviously some great you know, little snippets and flashes of what you saw when you drafted him. Right. But mm-hmm. I wonder if he's kind of going to turn into like a, uh, if it's going to take something like a Sam Bennett situation where just the team he was on and how the team was structured, he was a third line player and it wasn't really working. He needs volume to kind of do his thing. All of a sudden Sam Bennett goes to the Florida Panthers and shines in, in the top six. And it was a absolute lethal piece to that, you know, regular season. They had, mm-hmm. I'll say regular season because they stunk in the playoffs, barely got past a wounded Capitals team and then got run over by Tampa. But um, something like that is kind of where I would lean a little more towards the more likely scenario for Casey, unfortunately. But again, it speaks to the drafting development that's gone into this team where not that long ago, Casey Middlestat for how underachieving he was, it was like he was the top six center prospect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, I mean, he was their top prospect at one point. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's just something I was curious about too, because I, I, you know, you guys follow that a little bit more closely than I do. I mean, I know a decent yeah. amount of Sabres stuff just living here in Buffalo, but um, you know, just kind of where he slates into that, because you mentioned Benny, he's, you got guys like Dylan Cousins now inserted into that equation after Middlestat with his draft status, and you know, Cousins is he's a different type of player, right? He's he fills that that center role in a little bit different way. Um, you know, he's Dylan Cousins isn't a guy that's necessarily gonna, gonna light you up with skill, but he's going to play you hard and he's going to get to those dirty areas. And he's got the skill too. He just likes playing that blue collar ish. I hate that term, but like, you know what I mean? That he plays that old, a little more tough, you know, hard nosed game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm excited for him a lot. What does a good year for Dylan Cousins look like this season? Um, I don't know, Derek. What do you think? Like a point total? Point total, maybe goals, assists. You know, say like twenty-five goals. Yeah, yeah, maybe twenty-five goals, maybe like forty-five, fifty assists. 
Yeah, if you, I think if you can get Dylan Cousins, if to, you can get him to sixty points, sixty points, I think That's you're what like. I was, thinking. I was like 60, 60 70, 70 ish points. If he gets to seventy, seventy would be big. If you if like you get him, if you get him to seventy points this year, extend him now. Offer yeah. him the deal. Because that's that's Ryan O'Reilly numbers basically when Ryan O'Reilly was here. We all know how much I, think I love. Could, him. I mean, I think I, I I don't I don't think that's unreasonable for me him. either. So and I, I was not too happy about the UPL um, getting sent down to. The I was going to ask you about that actually yeah. next, Eric. Look at that. Yeah, so especially why? since Comrie got fucking lit up in the final game, which was not a good thing to like go into. Like, how are you? Yeah, seven one. That was real bad. Um, he looked good prior to that, though. He looked for me, terrible in that game. That game was not good, but he looked. Thank so this before that, from what I saw in the other games he played, I was definitely impressed. This is given how little I knew about him until we heard he was coming here. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is like why? Why are you hanging on to? a 41-year-old goaltender in a situation where – so to me, right, and let me know if this doesn't make sense. You sign Comrie. Cool. Mm-hmm. I think he could be a solid NHL goaltender. But you sign him, that's good. You have UPL waiting. You also have Levi and Portillo who are back in college this year, but they're your property you drafted. Right. So if you're looking at it coming up in the pipeline, why not just get rid of the 41 year old goaltender? Like, you're not, it's not like you're a contender because of him this year. Let UPL get some quality NHL time and split starts with Comrie. And if he doesn't work out, then at least you know for the future. But at some point, this kid's been sitting in the minors as your next goalie for how long? Give him a chance. I just, just think it's a matter of you being wanting to actually compete or just com- just accepting that you could be absolute dog shit with these two defending – I mean, these two goalies, you know. In Does a 41-year-old goalie give you a better chance to compete than – He played a lot UPL. better. He, he played a lot better than UPL last year. I'll yeah, Tudor, I'll answer, I'll answer that for you. So you have UPL. What's the biggest hang-up on UPL? Injury. Injury. Injuries. Craig Anderson, 41 years old. What's he done basically since he's been here? Injuries. Injuries. Play so that leaves head. you with Comrie, and then you got Levi, and then you got Portillo, who, if you ask me, Portillo is Portillo never, is as good as gone, but. he's he, The only time he's putting on a Sabres jersey is at the fucking prospect shit. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I, I just think he's not going to end up being here. And But either way, I hope he is. I hope that you get a competition at some okay, point. I hope you Levi, but, something for him, too. Yeah, that's a whole other web of issues that we can go into, which we've talked about before. But mm-hmm. if because one of two to one of them's going to get hurt, likely going to be Anderson because he's forty-one years old. And it's just father times undefeated. It is what it is. Love me some Craig Anderson, but um, right, and that's the thing. I don't mean that, disrespect to that because I do no for sure. Craig Anderson, like. I get you. I definitely get you. But there, and then there's also you got UPL who. He's had some up and downs with the injuries too. He's coming back from one again. Let him – yes, he played good. Let's just, like, see how it goes for the start. Don't – there if at this point, you haven't really put, like, the pressure on him. So I, I'm not surprised they sent him down. But there's going to be a point where he's going to come up this year and he's going to be playing – and he might not go back down. I really think that's what it is. It's the kind of approach that you would take for some of the players, I think, that you sent back to. Like, I easily could have seen them doing it with Paterka, but I'm glad they didn't. They still might. They might. I don't know if they'll send them down before the, you know, the 10 game mark or whatever the rule is and whatnot. I don't, I'm not sure the the technicalities there with their contracts and whatever, but I think it's just you keep Anderson because you got to have some depth. And if you're going to have depth, you might as well get a guy who's, Played in the playoffs, played in big games, played a long time. Some games. Yeah, he's gonna when he's in there. He's you know, he's, he's a solid. you know the he, he yeah, he's solid. solid. Last year, it's just he can't take over the bulk. And when you saw him last year, the goaltending situation was a mess. But now you have Anderson with Comrie kind of tandeming it until Anderson's got to go on the shelf for a bit. That's when you bring UPL in and. 
you know, it's, and then it creates a real feel for him of actual NHL goalie competition. Cause Eric Comrie isn't, you know, on his way out the door, he's not in the twilight of his career. He's going to scrap and fight to get his every start possible and, for the. And team. he's also he's also not Andre Vasilevsky or Igor Shosturkin, where you're going to play him sixty games. He's and then guy- you see that guy in front of you, and you're like, I ain't ever getting in. That kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that would be my best guess as to how they're approaching it. I might again very well could have no idea what I'm talking about, but to me, that's what the that's what that said when they didn't put UPL on the opening night roster. Yeah, no, that's fair. I That's yeah. a good point. I was just curious about, you know, your guys kind of thoughts on that and, and yeah. UPL up because I, I kind of thought he would have, he would have stayed up. Um, I was one person where I was hopeful that was, but the fact when they, when they signed Comrie, I was like, I don't think UPL is going to, no matter how good he plays, I don't think he's going to start the season right away with the Sabres it's going to be a call-up situation because you know Kevin Adams is sitting there like big big Craig Anderson fan obviously right but he knows damn well he's going to get hurt or he's going to have you know whatever even for a guy that age some smaller ailments you're he's not going to be a hundred percent and again I think it goes back to that more real like NHL healthy goalie competition where it's like, if you put him there with Anderson, it's just UPL and Anderson. He might not feel that, like that competition around him where Anderson's good. But like I said, he's on his way out. He's just a calming presence for a young defense is kind of the situation you feel in that spot. But with Comrie coming in and then you have UPL and those two kind of going at it, that's where UPL is going to continue to grow. I think and be like, Oh, this is, he's going to pick up along the way. This is how you compete for a starting job in the NHL. On top of the fact he can be around Craig Anderson, who's been there, done that, and can teach him some things, even if Anderson's not dressing or, you know, eligible, you know, not hurt or something like that and can play. All right. All right. I like it. Um, Question for both of you guys while we're on hockey, but shifting gears a little bit. Uh Team not named the Buffalo Sabres that you are looking forward to watching the most this year? Ah, mm. uh, that's a good one because there's a lot. I don't know about that's a lot. One. It's a very good one, though. I'll tell you right now, Tudor and I touched on it. Give me some New York Islanders. I can't wait to see this team bounce back. They got, they're got they in kind of a twilight with some of their core. This is They got maybe this year, maybe next year, to kind of make a run at things. Um the, since Lou's been there and they've had kind of that good core that kind of started that the trickle down of getting John Tavares and, you know, the turnover for making the trades of that era when Ocposo left and Molson and all of that, the pieces that they got there since that core developed, they really haven't had two bad years in a row very often. Um, I'm very interested to see what they do. Barzal getting his ticket like we talked about previously. The Islanders are definitely one. Um, love picking them for stuff like that because I know people always say, oh, they're play boring. It's one of the dumbest fucking arguments ever. I can't stand it. Um, if you think they're boring, try watching the Dallas Stars. Um, but, no, I'm excited to see what the the Islanders do. The Panthers are another one. I'm a huge Matthew Kachuk guy. I want to see how he – because that – I think that move was them admitting they got bullied in that Tampa series – and I think they the, got worse, though. The, the way, where they got worse is because right now, immediately, you could argue certainly Huberto is better than Kachuk. But and they me, lost weaker in the deal. I was going to get there, but Kachuk is one where his ceiling is higher because you know what Huberto is. Huberto is not going to be anything else. He's only he might be around what he did last year. It's only going to start going down, I think. Um, again, love Jonathan Huberto. It's just age. He's getting into the 30s. Like that's historically what happens. Um, I hope he proves me wrong though, because I like what that Flames team. Because they're another one. I was going to say they're yeah. a very interesting squad now. I mean, give me Daryl Sutter press conferences on repeat. Just get him, <laughs> just put him on a loop. The guy's yeah, he got a two-year extension. Yeah, it's, that's beautiful. Um, but I think the Mackenzie Weger thing is very interesting. Um, giving up a right-handed defenseman. Um, 
he wouldn't have been the choice, but without him, I don't think they're pulling the trigger on that deal. They might've had to give up a first, you know, top prospect, another first, whatever the case may be. Um, so I don't know that the Panthers got worse, but they needed a high, a top six forward that could play like an asshole. I thought. Yeah, I mean, they definitely got tougher, and yeah, Kachuk's like he's such a good player. So they certainly he's so unique, get, he's such a yeah, unique like, player. They certainly, I, I certainly don't mean that they got worse because they got him. I just think that you gained, yeah, you gained one very good piece for two very good pieces. Yeah, and that Panthers, the will really quick though. Too, I just think the Panthers because they're good. People forget how loaded their prospect pool is. Because yeah, they got a true. lot of really young, good young players. When you're cool with giving up Owen Tippett to rent Claude Giroux, you know you got a loaded farm system because that kid's a player, that yeah. Owen Tippett. So yeah. he's like he's like Patrick Line. If Patrick Line like did, wasn't so streaky, that's kind of what the type that style of player, you know, that you know, bigger bodied can absolutely tear the lid off the puck and um just a bit better of a skater, maybe. I don't know, a little more agile, he seems to me, than a type of player like Line A. But, hey, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. But, like I said, Islanders, Panthers are two. Um, I'm trying to think other ones. The Kings, very interesting. The Flames I mentioned. There's a lot. And, honestly, not just because you're here, Tudor, I want to see what the Penguins do. I want to see how they, you know, this kind of last couple hoorahs here for the that glories. That glorious uh, tandem there for because uh, they're they're frankly in kind of the opposite um, end of the spectrum, right? Like that's a team that they won their cups, so it was certainly worth it. But yeah. they traded away a lot of early, a lot of first round picks over the years. So, quite frankly, the Penguins don't have a farm system. They just they don't have good prospects coming up now that's going to start turning you know with guys that they've drafted like last year this year whatever but they're kind of the opposite right where they've they're kind of on the back end of their current window with the guys they have if they can stay healthy you know Crosby Malkin Latang they're obviously still top end players in this league but as you get older those injuries do seem to come a little bit easier than they did, you know, when you're 25. Right. So, mm-hmm. you don't, you never know how that's going to work through the season, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a team I'm interested in, obviously, you know, watching those three guys, you know, in the last three years of all their contracts now, but just, you know, what are, what are they going to do? Because that's, they, they're not very rich in the prospect pool. So I, I don't know. Like if things if things do start to go sideways a little bit this year, do they start do they start to move some supporting pieces? I don't know. Yeah, you um, might have to try and find some value there. That'll be interesting. But yeah, I, I hope they I hope they have a nice little run. Jake Gensel is a player um, oh, yeah. that I'm excited to watch this year. You know, if we're talking about, you know, who we would like to see play well I think he's a guy that doesn't get as much credit as he deserves quite frankly because everyone likes to throw out Um, it's the same thing you say with the Islanders Benny and I say it just to get under your skin now just because I think it's funny Um, but you know when people make what I call the lazy argument of all the Flyers or the uh, all the Flyers are never fun to watch Uh, the Islanders (laughs) are uh, boring the watch or whatever it's the same thing like people make the lazy argument with anyone whoever plays with Crosby and they're like, ah, he's only good because he plays with Sid. Well, last year we saw when Sid was out, Gensel produces by himself and he produces at a point of game level. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what that kid does. And if he continues to take the next step forward, um, you know, to be kind of the next centerpiece of the franchise. Yeah. The last one I'll throw in for me before we go to Derek though, I'd be remiss. I think we're all pretty, at least, I don't know if excited is the right word, extremely interested to see how this Johnny Gaudreau Columbus experiment goes. Yeah. That's one for me. But uh, Derek, what do you got? I've been talking too much. Um, I'm going to keep it West Coast. Um, I'm very excited for uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Year two. We'll see how Seattle does year two. I feel like they've uh, made some upgrades guys. for made sure. Some upgrades. Um, I mean, uh, 
they lost their centerpiece of Tanev last year pretty early on in the season. Um, I would yeah. like to, you know, I, I just, I, I, I want to yeah, see He's them. a big piece, big piece for them. I, I, I just want to see them in the fold, you know, on the West Coast. I want to see them, you know, now that the, the Flames have kind of taken a back seat, I feel. And I'm also, that's another team I'm also interested to watch, too. I really liked watching them last year, and I'm very curious to see uh, what they do this year uh, after all of their <laughs> giveaways and uh, some of their acquirings also at the same time, though. But um, I, bet on, I bet on the Flames a lot last year. Um, and I'd say from the East Coast, Islanders, and also, uh, you said it right before, but uh, I'm very interested to see how Columbus does, too. Um, I think Columbus is going to be a very interesting team. Um, I think they were right on the cusp of being really good last year. And uh, the Johnny Gaudreau, I'm really curious to see how that, that goes over there as well. Love it. Real quick before we uh, probably transition into um... – you know, catch up on some of the football stuff that's been going on. But um, I wanted to see what you guys thought. Is there a future bet or anything gambling-wise in hockey as far as futures, a division, conference, part trophy, Vesna? Have you guys looked at anything? Anything stand out to you? Honestly, I'll say that I have not. Um, I'm very curious to see who will emerge as the front runners. I think there's the favorites, obviously, your heavy hitters of Tampa, Colorado. Um, I think Columbus will be in the mix there. Um, obviously, Florida. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be really hard to compete with Colorado again this year. Yeah. You're... I mean, it, it, I, I'm also very curious to see how Colorado does without – one of their centerpieces in uh, Kadri being gone. Yeah. Burakovsky. Yeah. As well, another mm-hmm. piece. They lost some pieces, but yeah. they're loaded. I mean, their, core, their core is still there. I'm not, not yeah. concerned about that at all, but yeah, I'm curious to see. I would also mean. argue, too, that I think given the opportunity to play more, I think Georgiev is better than Kemper. Oh, I think uh, so. I think you know. I just yeah. think he's a guy that kind of got. A They're going in different uh, directions career-wise, too, right? Yeah, and I, I just well, I think that Kemper. Like, I was glad to see him get the cup because he was one of those guys that was kind of a someone people. Report. Someone people, yeah, people were excited about him early in his career. He ended up having some injury issues. He was in Arizona, didn't really have a good team, and then obviously just got his cup. But Georgiev's one of those guys where he was so good when he got to play yeah. but the problem was when he first came up in the league he was coming up under Hank Lundquist so obviously Henrik Lundquist is going to be the number one you're just going to sit behind him and you're only going to play when he needs a rest day and it's not really going to be a true tandem and then Igor Shosturkin comes in out of nowhere and just absolutely takes over and jumps to the top of the Vezina conversations with Vasilevsky. And it's like, okay, well now you're in the same situation. You're just going to sit behind this dude unless he's hurt. So I I feel like he's a guy who had so, who has so much promise as a number one goaltender and has shown moments where he could be that he's just never really gotten the opportunity because in New York, he's always been behind a stud goalie. Um, so yeah. I'm kind of excited to see what he does. But I, I think I would make the argument that I think the avalanche almost got better in that. I would say so, too. I would completely agree. It's just how the group gels, the cup hangover kind of thing, see how that goes. I think if there's a team as poised to repeat, you know, that we've seen recently, I think they're up there. It's just can they stay healthy and all of that. Um because, you know, they they were always kind of the team to beat the past year or two, I would say, in the regular season. But now that they got that cup, got that validation, I'm very curious to see how other teams play them in the regular season and how it determines the matchups as we go forward to the playoffs and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough to compete with Colorado. But to answer my own question, um, I took a peek. Did a little bit um, on the Stanley Cup future market. I got the uh, I got the St. Louis Blues plus two thousand 
that one's kind of sticking out to me a little bit. Um, I think they had a disappointing playoff run. It kind of stunk where they got – you ran into Colorado. They were – they might be the same thing this year, but there is no way that they were losing that cup. It seemed like the longer the playoffs went on. Um, but, I mean, St. Louis, Ryan O'Reilly's the captain. I'm biased there. Love the guy. But you re-sign Thomas, you re-sign Kyrie, you kind of solidify – the main core of what that team's going to look like. Um, you know, Bennington, let's see if he gets to the point in his age where he starts putting consistent seasons together. I think um, they were banged up defensively in the playoffs too. They're going to get guys back, you know, your Krugs and all of that. Um, yep. Another, another thing too, like I said, um, I mentioned Robert Thomas and uh, Jordan Cairo resigning there. So, you got Tarasenko, obviously. There's they got a you know they got good young players as well. So I think they're going to be kind of disappointed with how their season ended. I like the value there. I don't really, and it's mainly just like a numbers thing. Like, I mean, I don't know for me why the wait a minute here. Did I am I reading this right? I don't know if I – hold on. Oh, that was the consensus line. Because you got teams in there too in the West where you got Minnesota on Caesar Sportsbook plus 2,200. You know, there's some odds in there. There's some very interesting ones in the middle of the pack. Um, but I do see some value with St. Louis. They got a good amount of that core still that has won a cup there, their leadership and all of that. So St. Louis is a – a future bet that I'd be interested to see how that number moves throughout the year that I might look to place. I'm not a huge future bet guy. I've always wanted to, you know, give, give a try at one, but it's never been something I've pulled the trigger on. So I would yeah. be looking at the blues for sure. Be like very interesting. I'm not, I'm not a... that slip in my uh, account always till the end of the year would really piss me off. I'm just, I'm, I'm not <laughs> That's a, big, a good point. I'm not a big, futures bet guy either because i feel like the teams a lot of times unless you're going to sprinkle on like a bunch of different teams which kind of defeats the purpose of it anyway uh i think that you know it's just there's too many things going on right like you have the teams that are probably actually worth the teams that are most likely obviously going to win, you're not going to get good odds on. So, you know, if you wanted to pick like Colorado, they're plus 400 right now. That's not even worth it, you know, with how long yeah. you have to wait. And there's just, there's too many variables too that in the course of a whole season, right? I mean, you could, you know, how many people, you know, bet the Patriots to win the Super Bowl the year Tom Brady tore his ACL week one? You know, mm -hmm. it's like it, there's too many things like that where I'm just like, I'm not going to ride this for the full season. Um, yeah. So I usually wait till like at least the playoffs start to do some revisiting on those odds because you can still get really good ones. But uh, to uh, touch also on uh, some hockey vetting there, Benny, uh, those stupid idiots at the sports books are giving uh, Tampa plus money tonight. So. Yeah, I just saw that, Derek, while we were talking. So Tampa tonight, uh, 7.35 puck drop. Money line plus 105. Uh, Rangers are minus 125 on the money line. Uh, if you want Rangers puck line, minus one and a half at plus 215. Uh, if there's a scenario where I ever bet the Rangers on the puck line, take me <laughs> out behind the chat and just put one in the back of my head. <laughs> Good God. Uh, I don't know any time that I would be confident that the Rangers would win by one and a half goals, honestly. See, but that's where hockey, to me, hockey creates some of the most fun gambling memories I have because oh. the thing with, with those puck line bets is when you're up a goal and you're sweating out the empty netter, like, and nobody else around you understands why you're losing your mind over an empty net goal. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's unbelievable. Um, the first game of the season, I didn't, I, I brought out good old, old reliable and had over, over one and a half first period, over five and a half. And uh, I had, what did I have? 
I had I can't remember which team I had over two and a half goals total goals and I were sitting at a a nice three two game. I'm like someone's got to score a goddamn goal, or, or, <laughs> or sorry, it was a three one game, three one going into the, like all the way through the third period. I'm like someone's got to score a goddamn goal, or we are we are bust here. Yeah, and yeah, yeah and it's just it's almost like. But at the same time, it is uh, memorable. But like at the same time, I can watch a hockey game and almost know down to the like it's a script almost. Like okay, they're <laughs> gonna get a goal here. All right, well we're gonna get an empty netter probably here later on, and it's it, it's it's gets written on the wall pretty easily. Yeah, that happens a lot in the regular season. Um, but yeah, I. Uh... Especially when you're not really playing for anything, like teams are just gonna not go for it, and then right, you're gonna you're gonna see a dead game at like three one is sometimes a dead game. Yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting now though too because the last year or so the trend has been more and more across the league pulling the goalie earlier with like you know two and a half minutes left in the game versus like fifty seconds for sure and you can sometimes get two empty netter goals and it happens but like more often than not it's not going to or something usually ends up happening where like they bury the first empty netter and then like they ring it off the post for the second one and you you're sitting there with your you know twiddling your thumbs down a goal (laughs) yeah uh, some bad beats doing that, but uh, yeah. I want to make sure we have time. Um, there's going to be so much hockey to talk about throughout the year, but I uh, want to make sure we hit the, uh, the the betting here. We've all been pretty consistently on the college football because that's about the only thing I am doing somewhat well at. Um, so you can see if for those watching below, we got the uh, the records there. Tudes, Tudes Tucks are 17 and 9 on the year. If you're not tailing this guy at this point, you're an idiot. I have like, been Derek, every week. Yeah, I, I have been too. But for week. these are you know show picks that we're on. I am nine eighteen and one. Um, just a an absolute beautiful percentage there. That would be that'd be pretty good if I was playing in the NBA shooting threes. But outside of that, that stinks. Down, down um, bad. Yeah, Derek four twelve and one. A lot of buddy. We got a lot of season left. We're we're only about halfway yeah, through. So. A lot of games. A lot of games left, and they're starting to matter now, so things are going to make sense a little bit. Like, I don't know if you guys have fully – I'm sure you've looked at the slate. Loaded. loaded. College football Saturday is loaded. Yeah. Abby, I'm sorry. I'm not going to – I'm I'm on – I'm here. I'm, I'm on the screen Saturday. We're going to have a couple feeds going. It's going to be a big one. Lots of awesome matchups. Um, so, boys, with that, dudes, I don't know if you want to recap the picks from last week. Yeah, I can do that. Um, really quick, and then we can jump into what we like. I got three for this week, so a pretty short card for me because I stink by I got, my standards. I got four, I got four and uh, one that one for tonight. So, um, mm. yeah, last week, um, I'll start with the pick that that uh, was pretty predictable that I was talking about months ago, and part of the reason I came out of gambling retirement this year, my annual um, – <laughs> tradition my texas is back bet uh texas over oklahoma i take it every single year in the red river rivalry no matter what uh texas minus seven and absolute cruise control in this game like never even a demoralizing, sweat 49 nothing never even a sweat i don't think i've made easier money in my life um <laughs> so texas texas minus seven that was glorious um, another one, super easy. Tennessee minus three over LSU. That game was over when Tennessee got off the bus. Okay. <laughs> Just LSU. I don't even know why they showed up to their own stadium. They should have stayed in their dorm rooms. Brian um, Kelly should have kept hanging out with his family. Yeah. I finally got smart and I started betting against Brian Kelly instead of letting him, you know, rob me of everything I own. Um, so smart. easy win for Tennessee there. Um, the one that, really stung. So I ended up going two and one last week. Uh, Memphis minus three actually went to bed thinking I won that. Me too. Um, woke up to uh, find out that wasn't the case, but that was a tough one, but you know, you can't win them all. I'm never going to complain about a two and one week. You're still making money still up overall, obviously on the year. So cruising there. Um, 
you know, two in one week. I won't complain about that. Benny, over to your slate. You also had Texas, so I won't recap that one. But um, you got another tough one, buddy. Um, <laughs> I know. Kansas, Kansas plus seven is one that both of you guys took, and you got a push on. Um, and that was that one, such a good game, too. Was, and it was yeah. so back and forth. And, and, and also oh. worth noting that in the second half of that game, Kansas had their their backup quarterback in because uh, their their number one went down with a shoulder injury, um, and he's actually still going to be out this week. Uh, but that's also worth noting, and he almost led an entire comeback against TCU last week. So Kansas plus seven was a tough push, but I'll take a push over a loss any day of the week. Yeah, um, you know, and then you know, rounding it out with Benny, um, Kentucky lost outright pretty good to South Carolina. So they obviously didn't cover the minus 10 and a half of the loss. Um, Washington state did not cover 13. They lost by 16 to USC who I've been pretty high on this year. They're a wagon. Um, and then you've got maybe the worst loss of the week. Um, Kansas State, Iowa State, and a 10 to 9 barn burner. Uh, <laughs> Benny has Kansas State minus two. They win by one, 10 yeah. to 9. Talk about a kick in the nuts. Yeah. Um, sorry about yeah, that, Benny. So tough, tough week overall, but I mean, a push and a heartbreaking loss right there. I'm that's that's the worst part about gambling right there is well, I had two of them. That, the Kansas one, they had the backup quarterback and he's slinging it all over the fucking place. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You go from you had a one you had a one one and three week with a push, so we'll call it one three and one week, right? That very easily could have been a three and two week. It's just right. you know, that's gambling. It sucks, yeah. right? That's you know, that's the guy coming off the golf course saying I shot ninety two, but it could have been a seventy eight today. <laughs> um, you know it is it is what it is it, it sucks but you know we'll we'll bounce back we'll keep going and then derek um bad derek i don't know what you do <laughs> bad uh, i might have to uh i might have to i might have to call up captain matt and see if we can get some uh fade derek t-shirts to put in the uh the online store for uh oh. this is this is getting ugly, my brother. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. I feel you, Derek. We're down bad, buddy. So we'll Derek, climb it. We'll climb Derek it together. Also, Derek also had the push uh, with Kansas and the loss of Kentucky, but um, Utah. Mind you, been... mind you also, yeah. the Kentucky one was absolute uh, load of fucking horse shit. That yeah. was. It <laughs> open up the week at minus yeah. 10 and a half, and it goes down to minus four before the fucking game. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. what am I Rough. supposed to do there? I double down on minus six to fade the public, and I just get absolutely just wrecked. Just wrecked. Maybe the public was fading you. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> faded me this weekend. It was um, a very bad weekend for me. So Utah minus four and a half against UCLA. UCLA uh, pulled that one out. And then Oregon State. Stanford, Oregon State minus seven, and Oregon I don't state wins. By yeah, two. and Stanford stinks too. By so I don't two. know what's yeah. going on there. I thought that but... was going to be a late night slate. That that was going to be a lock up, but yeah, that's uh, that's a recap for last week. Um, yeah, my friends openly oof. this weekend were telling me they were fading me, so it was a bad weekend. <laughs> Believe yeah. me, I've I've literally sat down. I've had stretches in my life that were so bad, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I faded myself. Yeah. I literally I like, faded myself. I like myself. that I am, so I am intentionally going to pick the thing that I don't like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I Gotta mean, do it it's, so couple lessons learned there too, which I used to get absolutely rinsed on this because I used to wake up on Saturday, watch college game day, and then I would just try to pick all these games. And I realized also big factor, two things. One, don't try to get cute with it and don't bet on bad teams. Even if there's a line where there's two bad teams and you kind of like it. I just avoid the game. I refuse now to bet on bad teams. 
because uh, I used to try to do it, I'd be like, oh, well, they could really pull it out here because this team really stinks. No, if you stink. See, but that's the I'm problem is I, I don't even bet bad teams. I've been betting yeah. like no. top 25 teams like right. all yeah. fucking so, year. I was just getting using, the bounces right yeah, now, Derek. I was just using that as an example. Other thing that I do, um, big thing that I, I recently started doing, and a lot of people probably disagree with me on this, um, but I stopped doing units. So I used to do what you see a lot of gamblers do where they've got their standard unit. And obviously that means whale, blue whale, white, yeah, like 65 unit. And if you're, and if you're not someone that really knows what that is, basically the simple way to look at a unit is it's whatever your quote unquote, whatever your stock bet is. And it can be any dollar amount that you're comfortable with. It's whatever your risk tolerance is. So for someone, their unit might be $10. Another person, their unit might be $1,000. It's just an easy way to say, this is my baseline bet. And it's whatever that person is comfortable with. Um, I basically have picked a dollar amount where I bet the same amount every single game. I yep. stopped looking at the, the slate and too. being like, oh, I'm going to bet one unit on this game. This is going to be a two-unit play, or I really love this game. This is going to be three units. Because what I found was happening to me in those situations is I'd win my one-unit plays, and then I'd completely erase everything because my three-unit play that I thought was an absolute lock would lose, and then I'm down triple the money. So it's like, no, I'm going to bet the same thing on every game. And if I go two and one on the week, I'm making money guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Consistency over time. I hear you. You got to do that, but sometimes you got to leave room for the thrills. Yeah. You I mean, there's crazy sometimes. There's definitely spots where you can pick and choose, but I mean, week six of the college football season, I'm not really jumping out of my pants for one. So, yeah, that's true. Um, I hear you there. Let's get to some picks, though, before we get out of here. So hopefully we can turn it around. I just want to see one of these weeks that we're all making money. Yeah. I think this could be the weekend. Yeah. As much as as much as we love giving our friends shit, right? And all of us breaking even. All All of us love to give our friends shit when they're when they're going through a cold streak. And we all go through them, right? If you if you gamble for more than a day, you're gonna go through a cold streak. Uh, but you wanna see your buddies win. We all we all want to win. Oh yeah, big time. We're all ten. Yeah, that's it. That's the energy. But Tudor, sure. I gotta say, I got a peek at um, the spreadsheet where you already put your picks in. I haven't put mine in yet, but I have them written down. Yeah, we got we got us another head to head this weekend. Oh, do we? Yeah. Can I, can I guess? Of, can I guess which game? It's a repeat of week one, but yeah, you can guess. It's a repeat of week one. I it's not the same opponent. That. I mean, a repeat of like um, the type oh, of game. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I only I only picked uh, three picks this week. So I guess I'll go through those now. Yeah. Um, but the three picks that I, I already locked these in. So these lines that I'm that I'm giving, that was on Caesar Sportsbook this afternoon. And that's what I've already locked in at my standard play. Um, one of them that I picked, Clemson minus three and a half at Florida State. Uh, this is simply a situation where I think Clemson's a top four team that hasn't necessarily lived up to their potential, but they're doing what they need to do to stay in the top four. And I think Florida State stinks. Um, so I'm going to take Clemson to cover to, to win by four or more, because I think that this also could be a prove it moment for Clemson too, where they know what everyone's saying about them. They know that they're like, ah, they really deserve to be in the top four. They're not really beating anyone by that much. This could be where they finally just try to, you know, break out against an ACC opponent and say, you know what, fuck the haters. Let's go. Um, so I'm, I'm taking Clemson minus three and a half there. Um, very uncharacteristic. I've never really been on Clemson very much. Yeah, um, they scare me. And then uh, another one that I actually – you know, it's a little bit interesting here. Um, two teams that I haven't really historically bet very much on, but I took Oklahoma State plus four uh, at TCU. TCU, they're good. I'm not saying they aren't, but the Oklahoma State Cowboys, they're also – they look like they're for real this year, and I like it. To, I, 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 can like it to, you, I can tell you took some time off from betting. 
I like it to be a, I like it to be a tight game. And if I if there's two teams that I think are both solid teams, and I think it's going to be a tight game, but I get plus four on one of them, I'm going to take the plus four. And you know what, Benny? I haven't been taking time off. All right. <laughs> I've been winning over here. What have you been doing? <laughs> you right. been, you just got back in. Beginner's um, luck, buddy. All right. And uh, my my last pick of the week here, um, a team that I bet on a few times already on the show. Um, I'm going back to them. Um, USC Trojans plus three and a half at Utah. Uh, I just I like USC. I think they're an efficient offense. They're rolling. They're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. They're covering spreads. They covered, you know, 13 last week against Wazoo, who's been playing pretty well this year. And I just think that USC is a team that they're trying to make a statement too. So um, to have them at plus three and a half, I think they're going to win it outright. But, you know, to give me a field goal cushion in that game too, I'm feeling pretty solid about it. Um, And if you're wondering, there is one glaring game that is not on my card this week and i'm very very torn on this um so it might be a late ad but it's not going to be on my picks and i honestly don't even know if i'll take it at all but texas is playing this week i did not forget about my longhorns but they're playing iowa state and texas is favored by 16 um the only reason it makes me a little bit nervous because i think texas is absolutely incredible um the way they rolled last week um and i love them but sark i yeah sark's the man but the thing with iowa state is iowa state has lost um their last three in conference games by a combined 11 points mm-hmm. and iowa They're state has they haven't been winning a ton of games this year but they've been playing tight games and to give them 16 points is just enough to make me uncomfortable. If it was eight or nine points and they still had to cover by over a touchdown, I'd probably still take the Longhorns. But 16 is a lot of points. I think the Cyclones can keep it close. Uh, but That's a I re- I possession re- game. That's what I re- possession spread. Yeah, and I refuse <clears throat> to bet against Texas this year. Yeah. I just won't do it. So, that you know, if you're wondering, you know, why I'm so high on Texas and I take them this week uh, that one just it line it was just enough to make me uncomfortable well um i might as well just follow it up as in this could be a probably very bad sign uh not a good week for me coming up um you had texas oh, minus 16 so yeah I have texas yeah. minus 16 <laughs> and i took fsu plus three and a half so. oh we got some, <laughs> we got some head to heads this week boys let's go hey i love it did you just, did you just shit yourself a little bit while I was going through that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look at that. That's oh. funny as shit. Um. Anything? <laughs> anything else to add there, Derek? Or you? You got? Uh... Yeah, I'm gonna give Kansas a shot again. Plus eight and a half. <laughs> It's just, it just sounds like a defeated man giving his, his fucking here. cage just got yanked off the screws. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not good. Um, Derek, and... this easily could be where you get on the show the next week the and you can tell Tudor to if shut I it. Lose, if I lose both of those picks and it means that Derek gets to – if Derek can go out to eat this week – I'll be happy. Aye, aye, All right. Aye. I just need his go. money to go somewhere other than into the into the Caesars bank account. There you go. And the worst That's part is about. I like locked him before the show even started. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, like I will, I will put. Were you on Florida I, State I will, when I, will I put took? An, no, I'll put, a, I'll put an asterisk on all of this. I do not watch these games. I will. I will tell you guys right out. I don't <laughs> fucking watch dick. <laughs> I'm reading and I'm going with spread betting. That's so I'll tell, I'll tell you this too. Honestly, half the games that I bet, I end up like I'm doing something on a Saturday. I'm not like in front yeah, of the I TV have for the zero whole game. time to sit on, um, on a Saturday, unfortunately, and watch college football. Derek, I'm pretty similar to how you are too. It's rare that I get to watch a full one. Like, I'm, the same, dude, I'm the same way with the NFL. Like, unless it's Unless it's like 
my favorite team playing, I'm not sitting down for three hours watching the game because I have other shit to do. Yep. Like, very, very rarely will I be there, you know, for six hours on a Sunday just taking in games. Uh, yeah. Have to, It'd be nice, but. We'll, we'll yeah. continue these on. My picks are Kansas plus eight and a half. Um, Oklahoma looked like dog shit last week. Um we're just going to give Kansas another shot. Um, Texas minus 16. Uh, Tulane versus USF. I'm going to take Tulane minus 12, a team that I typically would not touch but have a good spread against. And uh, just like where they're at. Um, and then we got Florida State Clemson. Florida State plus three and a half. Uh, I liked the home home field advantage, and we're going to take Tampa tonight. Mm. Throw a little bonus one there. Yeah. Nobody will hear it, but no. I like it. Derek, yeah, it's can all you, good. Uh... We can see if he's right in hindsight, so you can start. We can start tailing Derek on hockey picks. Yeah, I figured I might as well throw something in there to change it the fuck up because this has been downright bad. <laughs> um, I'll zip through mine. Um, I got you with a first one here. I got three picks. Minnesota versus Illinois. As of right now, this line opened at 38 for the total. It is already at 39.5. I like this anywhere up to 42. Um, Minnesota is one of the best offenses in the league. I know they had not so great the past couple weeks, or, you know, their last game. They had a pretty big loss um, two weeks ago, I believe. Um, but. They have one of the most efficient offenses in the country on passing downs. Um, and they, you know, they have just an overall good offense. So I think that matches up well against this Illinois team whose defense overall is ranked 106th in the country in yards per game. So I think, you know, the passing in a college game, the amount that Minnesota will pass, slow the clock down and, you know, leave room for a pretty low number here. I like it under that key number of 42. So. I would play this for sure. Instant bet anything over. I would hit the over at anything 42 and under. So I'm going to play Minnesota versus Illinois over 39 and a half. That's the number I got it in at. Um, I am also a tutor on USC plus three and a half. I've been on them before. I think they're still because they're a Pac-12 team. The Pac-12 as a conference stinks at marketing their teams and promoting their conference and their players. Um, you know, in their schools and whatnot, especially in college football, they're just getting run over by some of these other conferences. Um, so a lot of people aren't really seeing, for the most part, how for real USC has looked thus far. It's a pretty big test for them, I think. And I think they've been waiting for a game like this. And they're going to see that they're an underdog. Um, you know that that's going to you know be some, some whiteboard material there. Um, you know, that they're an underdog. So I want to see how they show up for that. I think they're going to do well. Um, and uh, dude, a team like USC ranked where they are, how they've been playing, getting a field goal and a hook on them. Absolutely. And for fucking closing it off here, TCU minus three and a half. Again, one of the best offenses in the country, buddy. I, I don't know what you want from me here. I, I'm I'm I against hope, you on this one, Tudor. I hope to God that TCU wins by three. Is that what you want? He's, he, this guy's all about good vibes, and then he's trying to, he wants me to get fucked on the hook. What an asshole. TCU is 4-0 and against the spread. They got one push. They're 5-0. and I understand Oklahoma State is 5-0 and as well. Tudor, when I reference that, I can tell you've been taking some time off because – what I meant by that was not about your performance this year. You clearly don't have the same level of heartache that I do with Spencer Sanders and Mike Gundy because year <laughs> after year, Spencer Sanders has been there since I was in high school, it feels like. And year after year, he plays well. They start the year good. And then at some point, they play a team where you're like, all right, let's see what Oklahoma State's made of. And they either lose outright or they don't cover Happened time and again. I'm not doing it. I'm impressed with TCU and their passing attack. They got a couple elite wide receivers. The quarterback for TCU looks great. They kept up with Kansas, who's been a pretty high-powered offense going forward and a tough team to play against. On the road, they hung in there with Kansas, too, So and came out with the win, so they've been battle-tested. I just don't think Oklahoma State has. I don't trust Spencer Sanders um, and Mike Gundy. God bless him, but – 
it's just sometimes they just year after year they do this. They get to that matchup when they're undefeated, they're ranked pretty high, and you're like, all right, let's see what Oklahoma State's made of. And like I said, like clockwork, they don't cover or they lose outright. So I'm going to take TCU. I didn't lock this in yet because I think a lot of people are going to do what Tudor's been doing, and you saw he locked in Oklahoma State at plus four, you said, I believe. So that line's already moving down. So I want to see if it gets to three before I bet it, but I still like it at three and a half because I don't think it's going to go up anymore. So those are my picks for the weekend. You got your Minnesota, Illinois, over 39 and a half, USC plus three and a half, TCU minus three and a half. Let's win some money. I'm sick of the streakiness. I need some consistency here. Build up the bankroll. Um, but we're doing all right. Basically been, you know, hanging in there. Again, sticking to the units, betting responsibly. Just make sure you do it. Um, anything else, boys? That's about it for me. That's all I got. Uh, one last thing, too. Um, I hope. Uh, anyone listening here, uh, if you're a Rangers fan, I sincerely hope you get your doors blown off. Uh, we're, we're recording this Tuesday night. It'll probably be really funny when the, the garden's rocking and they beat the piss out of the lightning. But, um, yeah, another season of Fade the Rangers. We'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, appreciate it, everybody. Another awesome episode. This one was a blast. Um, let us know if you're tailing the picks. Let us know if you're winning some money. Um, hopefully you're listening to Tudor and not me and Derek right now, but, uh, oh, Derek and I, excuse me. And, uh, yeah, boys, it's been a blast. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back next week for episode 83. Enjoy the rest of your week. Winning bets, minimal sweats, as they say. See you later, everybody. <laughs>